the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, just for fun, let's hit this. It shouldn't be up to us to convince him. Just as I don't have to eat their darn fried crayfish. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> uh, inauspicious beginning for uh, for me. Stefan Tubbs is out today. He'll be back tomorrow. I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturdays. And um, if you are not a weekend listener to 710 KNUS, quick introduction for me. I am a God-fearing, country-loving husband, dad, granddad, constitutional conservative, Tea Party patriot, Republican, in that order. And I do Saturdays here from 5 to 7, Matt Dunn and Backbone Radio, and I sort of hold down the weekend evenings over here at 710 KNUS. I'm also the chairman of the largest Tea Party group in Colorado, and uh, Tea Party is really what got me activated into politics some now 12 years ago or so. And somehow or another, much to the disdain, the disappointment, the resentment of the establishment Republicans, the consultant class, the big dollar donors, on and on and on, I managed to get elected Republican National Committee man for the state of Colorado. And you know what? It wasn't even close. I think it was something like 45% of the vote in a five-person race, more votes than the next two closest competitors combined. And I've just been out doing my thing. And part of that thing is encouraging as much support for every Republican candidate that we have up and down the line as possible as we're sitting here eight days away from uh, what is not an exaggeration, is not a joke, it's not designed to uh, just be, you know, hyperbole and radio rhetoric, the most important election of my lifetime. Perhaps one of the most important elections in our country's history. Set aside the election of, you know, Abe Lincoln, and there were some pretty historic elections along the way. But never before in American history have we had a federal government that will lie to us with such impunity. Leaked documents out of the Department of Homeland Security now proving and establishing. And listen, I'm just reading reports and news and reliable sources have not looked at the documents myself, but appear to establish and prove almost without a doubt that the Department of Justice was coordinating with Twitter and Google and Facebook and others to talk about what information to suppress, how to censor. And this is a story that is going to be developing as the week goes on and that I imagine I will hit very, very hard when the time comes to do my show Saturday evening at 5 p.m. coming up because people are starting to get it. Oh, we always say every election is the most important election in the world. Yeah? Tell me, what period in your lifetime 
what period of history, American history, that you're aware of in your lifetime have you seen a country so drastically shift, shifted towards circling down the drain with wide open borders? Millions of illegal aliens been allowed into our country virtually nonstop with inflation, the cost of gas, everything that you are buying, $6 a pound butter. You, you see it every time you turn around. The increased in, increase in costs for people that, uh, you know, create your products, provide your services, has gone up so high that it, it trickles up to you in every check you write, write every credit card payment that you make. And it is horrible. It is torturous. Have you ever seen it change so fast? Your retirement down, your 401k down 20, 30%. People who were very, very conservative in their investment strategy. Maybe those, you know, nearing the point where they have to start using those funds, or maybe they already are. Still down 10, 12, 13%. Crime up everywhere, everywhere in spite of the lies that uh, certain elected officials will tell you, like the current sort of fill-in governor of New York City, Catherine Hochul. Got audio for that. We'll get to it here in a little bit. Never have I seen it like this. Never has have the tools and the powers and the levers of government been so powerfully utilized against the citizens of America. This time last Monday, I was in my hotel in Palm Beach, Florida, getting ready to go to a dinner and an event with uh, Donald Trump and Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, about 19 or 20 other people. And it was a, it was an extraordinary event. We may get a chance to talk about it before this show is over today. But um, it, it was, well, let me, let me tell you just this. There was, what was really cool about it is Mar-a-Lago's closed. Mar-a-Lago is closed. It's been closed all summer for uh, refurbishing. I think also they're getting some of the uh, FBI stench out of there after the FBI raid. So there were maybe 20 people, 20 of us there at Mar-a-Lago, along with President Trump and his Secret Service detail, and we had the place to ourselves. It was very, very cool. And some interesting conversations with conversation with uh, with the former president. Someone asked him, when are you going to make your announcement, Mr. President? And he said, very soon. But just contrast what's gone on over the last couple of years and then factor in your government turning those powers against you. The Democrats, 87,000 IRS agents. The Department of Justice, the way January 6th defendants have been treated with solitary confinement, inhumane conditions, uh, denied medical treatment, denied contact with family, denied bail and bond. And I've said this a hundred times, I am no supporter of anyone on January 6th who broke any law, damaged any property, or especially if they fought back against a police officer. But the lies from the January 6th committee, 
They, they still tell them on CNN. You still hear politicians talking about the, the police officers who died as a result of January 6th. Only one person died as a result of January 6th. Ashley Babbitt, an Air Force veteran, unarmed woman. Yes, crawling through a window, shot point blank, died on the spot. No warning, no get back, stop or I'll shoot. Just she started to go through the window, bang, dead. What time in your life have you ever seen the tools, the power, the mechanisms of government so aggressively pointed back against you? And the Democrats, they've announced who they are now. For the last 10 or 15 years, we've been hearing, you know, we've got to work out compromises. We've got to figure out how to, I love this, quote, get things done by coming together with the other side. And people like me out in the wilderness uh, doing radio starting back in around 2014 have been shouting, no. You don't understand. You don't understand what the globalists are trying to do to the sovereignty, the independence, the freedom of Americans. You don't understand that the people who now are in complete control of the Democrat Party and those who were working over the last eight, nine, ten years to sort of close the deal, and they thought they did in 2020 – are radical leftists, Marxists, people who are intent on having government dictate to you. Take away your free speech rights. Take away your right, your God-given, constitutionally protected right to defend yourself and your family. And they're out front about it now. People who've had affairs with Chinese spies are on the Intelligence Committee in Congress. I mean, it's just, you. there's not enough time in a three-hour show to go down the list. And now they are going absolutely crazy because they know they were so close to sealing the deal. So close to sealing the deal. And it's all coming undone for the radical left right now as we're eight days away from the midterm elections. All of the trends are favoring Republicans. Everybody with a microphone or a newspaper article or a blog that told you, you know, these Trump endorsed candidates, they're going to kill Republican chances for the red wave. Not happening. All of the people with microphones and, and the consultants and who had a blog or a TV camera or a newspaper column that told you that the Dobbs decision, simply returning the decision about abortion back to the individual decisions of each and every state, was going to be the end of the red wave. And it's not. It wasn't. It didn't. I don't know what it's going to be like here in Colorado. Saturday spent a, a fair amount of time going through the same thing that is that always happens as we get close to an election. 
if a conservative candidate emerges as the candidate in the primary, then, you know, the people like Mitch McConnell and uh, some of the local big funders, they pull their money. You know, Tom Tancredo happens to win a primary or looks like he's going to win. All of those powers come together to stop that person. But if someone else emerges, one of the establishment candidates, one of the favored candidates for the moneyed consultant class emerges, then we're told we just have to get along, get in line. Who else are you going to vote for? Come on. You know better. And people who are struggling to find a way to vote for, for instance, and especially a Joe O'Day, are called names. And how can you be so stupid? And what possible reason could there be to be holding back that vote? And I have come to the conclusion, number one, as Republican National Committee man, it's my job. But number two, in light of the extreme circumstances that we're all operating under, every time you get gas, go to the store, Turn on the news. Look at what's happening at the border. Looking at the people getting shot and killed and shoved in front of trains in New York City and the murder rate in Denver and just all of the horrible things that have been allowed to happen under this Democrat control. Of course, we have to stop the unilateral Democrat control. And that means voting for every Republican up and down the line. But I will not. I cannot Leave unchallenged the notion that people who are struggling, whether it's the issue of life or the issue of DACA or the issue of, uh, you know, trying to codify Roe v. Wade or or positions on global climate change, man caused, of course, or whatever it is, the idea that those people are struggling to come to the conclusion to go ahead, bite the bullet. Elect as many Republicans as you can are some kind of are stupid or stubborn or petty. You know, you lost You're in the primary. You're taking your picking up your cards and going home is nonsense. I get the concerns. All you got to do is pull up, for instance, at John McCain all those years promising to overturn Obamacare. And when Donald Trump was elected and the Republicans for a brief period had majorities in the House and Senate, the bill made it to the floor of the Senate and it came down to one vote in the United States Senate to finally repeal and replace Obamacare, something that is doing damage. Man, when I the health care insurance costs now for my employees individually in my family, the deductibles, how high they are, the co-pays, how ridiculous they are, everything has gone up and it's hard to get the services that we used to get before Obamacare. And all of that build up till two o'clock in the morning, John McCain, so angry at Donald Trump, who said some pretty nasty things about John McCain, in spite of his promises to his constituents through all the years, the fundraising he did off stopping Obamacare. One of the last acts as a senator before he died of cancer was to walk up and point that thumbs down and stop the repeal and replacement of Obamacare. So when you tell me that people are wrong to have concerns about putting or electing or supporting Republicans who don't stand on the Republican platform, who aren't willing to fight for some of those most basic and fundamental issues that actually fuel the energy in the Republican Party, I get it. 
The flip side of that, of course, is, well, yeah, but, you know, Joe Day may not vote with you all the time, but he'll vote with us a chunk of time. And I agree with that. Joe Day is a a good guy. The times I've spent with him, admire and respect everything he's accomplished. Seems like a straight shooter. And he may dang well win this thing. I hope he does. But then you think about, you know, if we only have 51 senators, then... You've got uh, the ability of, you know, just one or two, a Lisa Murkowski, a Mitt Romney, to stop the advancement of a conservative issue or passage of a conservative law. So we've got to pad the numbers. I get that, too. But a senator's in there for six years. And so, you know, we don't know. We may have 52, 53, as much as 50, many as 54 senators when this red wave is completed. In November, on November 8th, well, it's going to take a week or more to count, you know, in Pennsylvania. They're already warning you. We just can't get it done on election night. Got to have time to, you know, find some other ballots just to be sure. But two years from now, it could be a 51-seat Senate majority after that 53 or 54. And then all of a sudden... You've got Democrats who don't have the majority, but they only need to peel off one or two Republicans. And they go after the Mitt Romneys and the Lisa Murkowskis and the Susan Collinses. So, you know, it is a chess game. It is a long-term game. And I have come to the conclusion, setting aside my duty as Republican National Committee man, that given the state that we're in, All of these Republicans are a benefit just to send a message, just to make the wave as big and as broad as it can possibly be. We have to vote for these people. But man, oh man, when people come out with their condemnation and they're looking down their nose, but then they don't do the same thing. Mitch McConnell pulling his money away from Blake Masters and other Republicans who look like they're going to win. Real Clear Politics says... Blake Masters flips that Republican seat in Arizona. But they don't play by the same rules they want to hold you and I to. And then they try and mock us when we try and stand up for principle on any particular issue, really. So I just won't tolerate that. That being said, man, if you haven't voted your ballot yet, and that's another debate. Do we vote now? Do we wait until the day before the day of the election? Happy to talk about that. Phone lines are wide open. 303-696-1971. Want to talk to you about Twitter. Want to play the uh, 911 call from the Paul Pelosi assault and beat up on this ridiculous message that we're getting, not only from the left, but from some of the folks with media platforms or newspapers on the right how Republicans have to, you know, calm down and start uh, um, tempering down those messages because they lead to violence. Nonsense. Nonsense. All of those things are on the table. If you stick around on the Stefan Tub Show, I'm Randy Corporate at 710 KNUS. Spooky. Happy Halloween, by the way. My kids have outgrown the Halloween. But I got three grandkids, three, two and a half, and two, so it's going to be a busy night for their parents. We'll probably just blacken our house. We live in one of those places where the houses aren't very close together, so it's not a good place for kids to 
go around. So I am really glad to be here with you. It's, I'm always grateful to be on 710 KNUS and, and glad to have you along. And um, before we've got uh, phone lines are hopping, 303-696-1971. Two things real quick. I mentioned I'm the chair of the Arapaho Tea Party. Our meetings are usually the second Tuesday, which would be a week from tomorrow. But, of course, that's election night. So we will not be doing an Arapaho Tea Party meeting uh, for November. However, we are having an Arapaho Tea Party Christmas party in December, not necessarily on Tuesday. If you are not on our growing mail list, please send an email to Party at gmail.com. Arapaho Tea Party at gmail.com. And after we have it sniffed for, you know, substances and powder and and uh, double-checked and triple-checked, we will respond and get you on our top-secret list and hope to see you at a really fun Christmas party that we have planned. And then the other thing, before we get back to the topics of the day, I didn't, I meant to really actually open with this, but uh, um, Hugh McKean died today, or uh, Sunday, Sunday morning, and... Uh, so he was the Republican minority leader in the state house, and uh, and I just wanted to say a couple of words. I I tweeted about him. Uh, Christy Burton Brown, Colorado State Chair, put out a wonderful tribute to him. Many others have gone out, and and I wrote uh, on Sunday that I join Christy and all Colorado GOP officers and members in expressing my shock at this sudden loss to our party, legislature, and state. Leading Republicans is no easy task. Hugh showed grace, humor, and optimism every time I was around him. I pray for comfort and strength for his family. And I just want to just add a little personal touch to that. Because, you know, I've never been a legislature. I wasn't down there having those floor fights. Uh, Hugh and I could certainly disagree about, you know, pieces of legislation or strategies or whatever. But I got to tell you, I remember the I think one of the last texts I ever sent to him said something about the fact that you got talent, man, you got talent because this guy could make you he could convince you that you didn't remember your own name and then be grateful that he had come along to, uh, you know, teach you what your name was. I mean, he, he just had a way of uh, talking things through and listening and, and smiling and joking and I've heard from people who worked around him that, you know, he was always questioning, asking how people's families are and, and uh, just made good connections everywhere he went. So I, I just want to add my condolences to uh, for the family. I think he had three adult children and his significant other because, uh, you know, we we know we know what this is like. But 55 years old, completely unexpected. Uh, rest in peace, Hugh, and uh, God bless the family. I, I hope that they do something publicly so we can all pay our respects to him. But uh, talk about a thankless job and somebody who brought the ba- you know brought the heat and uh, did it with a smile. Um, no matter what you agreed with or disagreed with uh, with this guy, yeah, you could not say a bad word about Hugh McKean. Not in my experience, anyway. So, all right, we uh, one of the topics I mentioned was early voting, late voting. And there are two schools of thought on that. One is, and, and listen, we're not, <laughs> I just want to let you know, 
with regard to the 2020 election, with regard to all of the laws were, that were changed for COVID unconstitutionally, all of the procedures, all of the lessening of restrictions for signature verification and voter ID and on and on and on. The Republican National Committee, uh, Ronna McDaniel, our chair, is the most litigious chair we have ever had, and it's all about election integrity. And there are people on the ground in all the battleground states and all these groups and organizations that have formed poll watching and, and um, you know, um, drop box watching. And then lawyers on the standby. Uh, 2022 is going to be a much more secure election than 2020 was. And we're just getting started. And the day after this election is over, uh, I'm going to spend some time and put together uh, a synopsis to do on my Saturday show of everything that's been accomplished on the election fraud front, including the continuing emerging proof on the stolen 2020 election. But right now, 2022 is right in front of us. These midterms, eight days away. And one of the questions is vote early, vote late. And so before we go to John, who wants to weigh in on this topic, here are the two schools of thought. One is that, man, you've got to vote early. Number one, you never know what's going to happen. You could be in a car accident. Your kid's sick. You can't get off work on time. So, you know, weather, bad weather hits. You can't get out. Whatever. Your car breaks down. So don't mail the ballots. We don't trust the mail system. I don't. Hand deliver it, but get it in early. And the other reason from this school of thought is because then the the candidates that you support, these, these statistics, these um, – tracking of the ballots is very, very professional and quick and computerized. You know, as soon as your vote gets counted, if you're in Arapahoe County, I'm signed up for it. You'll get a text that says your vote has been received, your vote has been counted. That's my recollection of the way that works. Well, the candidates can do the same thing. The RNC has invested millions of dollars into databases and technology and are coordinating with our state party. And they can find out who likely and, you know, there's always the group of Republican voters like me that are going to, you know, crawl through fire to make sure our ballot is in on time and counted. But then there's those that they expect to vote or who vote in the presidential election and are likely Republican voters, but uh, don't often vote or often don't vote in the midterm election. Whatever the category is, they can track it. And they can focus their resources every single day as the as more votes come in, funneling down their energy, going after those folks that are likely to vote for them but haven't voted yet. So I get it. It is very helpful to the candidates. And then the other school of thought, and this comes from the side of the machines are manipulable. They told us that they couldn't connect to the Internet, and then we found modems in them, and then they told us, well, they don't connect to the Internet, and then we prove that they're not properly certified and, you know, on and on and on. I'm not going to get bogged down into all that right now. But if you believe that the machines are manipulatable or there's any other shenanigans going on, the longer that they have to see what's coming in and what the trends are and how many ballots are needed, etc., the longer that you have to do that, the more opportunity there is to mess around. Carrie Lake, during her primary, was down as much as 10 or 12 points going into her primary election, started to close that gap on election night and by election day because of all the same-day turnout. She literally won every single county in Arizona and won her primary by a significant margin. She's going to crush 
her Democrat opponent. And so um, that's the argument for waiting until the day of or maybe, you know, dropping it down the night before just so you know it's done in case you have an unexpected something on Election Day. And uh, and I have really vacillated back and forth on those two um, schools of thought. Let's see what John in Aurora has to say. John, welcome to the Stephen Tub Show. Hey, Randy, how you doing? Doing well, thanks. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm John from the John O campaign, and uh, <laughs> so I'm here at the Tea Party. When I left the Tea Party meeting, the last one, I was going to vote early. And then I talked to a friend of mine who's followed the. A lot closer than I have uh, election fraud and stuff. And he said, you know, if you vote late, then they don't know how many ballots that they need to manufacture to pull off a win. They being the Democrats. So, so that's what I've decided is to vote as late as I can, probably like Friday of this week or something. Because yeah. election day, I work. I work till five thirty, so. I don't want to take a chance of missing. Sure. You could even, you know, drop it off at a Dropbox Sunday night or something. So um, so it's yeah. done on the weekend, but in case anything happens Monday, Tuesday. And you probably yeah. walked out of that Tea Party meeting thinking, I'm going to vote early based on my argument on behalf of candidates who had been imploring yeah. me and others yes. to please help us do the countdown so we can check you off the box and move on to the next ballot that hasn't come in yet. And uh, but I on, on my following Saturday radio show after talking to a number of people, I flipped my position on that. So you and I are in alignment. I'm voting late as well. Okay. And I understand. I've done get out the vote many many times, and you know you're chasing down the vote. But you know this is circumstances that uh, you know it's serious stuff. You know election integrity, and uh, well, I know you know that more than anybody, but. Uh, but the less less chances we give the Democrats information as to what they got to do to pull off a, a fake victory, then you know the better off we are. That's how I see it. And I just don't trust them. They'll do anything and everything to cheat. I just that's what I believe. John, thanks for waiting to weigh in. The the proof of the cheating and the the lack of integrity in our election systems, the lie about the gold standard in Colorado is is all coming. But between now yeah. and Tuesday. Uh, there's nothing more important than getting out the vote, each and every one of us. Exactly. And, he, and we all have to get five or ten people and encourage them to get five or ten. You know, get out and get those votes in. Thank you, John. Hey, Randy. Real quick. Thanks for everything you do. Man. Uh, thank Take you. Care. Thank you, sir. All right. John's line is open, 303-696-1971. Jim and Lewis are on deck at 440. I'm Randy Corcoran in for Stefan Tubbs. Lori Kelman's here with the news update on 710 KNUS. Halloween 2022, man, I hope you and your kids have a wonderful, or grandkids have a wonderful time out tonight. Just be careful, man, that uh, candy-looking fentanyl is out there. Another symptom of complete Democrat control and why this election is so very, so incredibly, incredibly important. I um, I mentioned, and we'll get back to the phones, 303-696-1971, I mentioned in the opening of the show, that uh, they lie to you. And they've been lying to you, and it's all starting to come out. Uh, Elon Musk is exposing it at Twitter. We're definitely going to talk about all the fun I had on Twitter and how great uh, the change in Twitter has been already since uh, Elon Musk bought it and uh, walked in, I think it was last Thursday night, and took control. And we'll also be talking about 
just the media spin on everything. I've got a clip from Face the Nation and others, and I definitely want to talk to you about this Pelosi lie that's going on and how so many in the media are buying into it, including Republicans that are just trying to warn you. You've got to temper down your rhetoric. You've got to calm down and not you know, push back on the radical left quite so much. And I, I can't wait till we get into that topic with you. Maybe we'll start that up next hour. Before we go to the phones, though, here, I just want you to hear one of the biggest lies, one of the most damaging, most dangerous lies, one of the biggest liars who's going to be under tremendous scrutiny, tremendous investigation. The House is guaranteed that they'll do it. I now believe that the Republicans are taking the Senate. It, the question is just by how many. And they are going to investigate this guy. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. So that was Fauci in August of 2020. I'm sorry, in August of 22, telling someone that uh, I didn't shut down anything. And then a couple months later, he on a different broadcast, he says he recommended to the president that we that they shut everything down. Listen to that one more time. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended... <laughs> to the president that we shut the country down. Oh, no, that's altered. Yeah, that's an altered recording. Yeah, in a pig's eye. And then, of course, we've got the bumbler in chief. And by the way, if they do, that means not a joke, everybody. That's why we were defeated in, in 2018 when they tried to do it. We went to 54 states. See, you can tell Biden is slipping because you may recall the clip from Obama. In fact, uh, Blake, maybe you should pull that. You should look for that. We'll play it in the next hour. Um it's a clip of Barack Obama talking about visiting all 58 states when he was running for president. And Biden, you know, because he's aging, he doesn't have quite the energy. He's only gone to 54. All right, let's get back to the early vote, late vote question. Jim in Highlands Ranch has been patiently waiting. Jim, welcome to the Stephan Tubbs Show. Hey, how you doing, Randy? Fine, thanks. Hey, yeah, I've been, uh, I, I miss your show on Saturdays, but I do listen to the podcast on Saturday morning. Thank I you. come in to work on Saturday, so you, but I do miss you on that. Well, you know, I they've, they've moved me to the evenings. I don't know if that makes a difference for right. you. Um, Peter's back now doing 9 to noon, so I'm doing 5 p.m. But, yeah, the podcast, Matt, my producer's got them up within about 15 minutes of the end of the show, so it's really cool. So, yeah, that's the ones I listen to on sa- on Saturday mornings is I listen to your show from the, from from the last uh, week. From the last week. Yeah, so. very cool. Well, but thank you. Yeah, uh, you're doing an excellent job. But I did want to say a couple of things. Yeah, I say vote late and vote as late as possible. I would drop that stuff off if you're going to drop it to drop box late. And there's just no sense giving them any time to manipulate the numbers. I truly believe that those machines can they can uh, manipulate the numbers, but I think they need time to figure it out. I don't think it's something you can do on the fly. But that's my opinion on that. My other question for you, though, because you've dealt with the election. You know, I'm going to be an election judge down in Denver. And I wanted to find out. What is, do you know what the exact rule is? I've heard that those machines are not supposed to be connected to the Internet in any way, shape, or form. Is that your understanding? Oh, 100%. In fact, uh, early on in some of the lawfare and the litigation over these vote tabulators, these voting machines, they told us unequivocally that they can't connect to the Internet. And then people got inside them and found that there were multiple modems inside of them or, or whatever the sort of technical yeah. term for the unit that was inside there is that allowed them to connect to the internet so then they backpedaled and said well that they don't connect to the internet they're not supposed to 
be connected to the Internet by law during the counting. But right. So that's something to really be looking for. I would think so. Yeah, okay. All right, I just wanted to just go by those two things with you. And as far as all the rhetoric, they always tell you to tap down the rhetoric, but nobody taps down the rhetoric when it comes to Donald Trump. Anything fair fair to say about him, his family, uh, his businesses, but yeah, when it comes to you know the Democrats, it's like oh yeah, you you got to settle down. Well, they haven't settled down in uh, what was going on now five years, so well, you know, I'm not too worried about settling down. I'm with you, Lewis. I mean, this Paul Pelosi thing is a is a joke, and I you know listen, the guy got hit in the head with a hammer, so you know God bless him and hope he gets well. You don't wish that on anybody. That's the left right. that uh, wishes violence on people like Rand Paul or you know, celebrated mm-hmm. the shootings uh, when Republicans were shot playing softball and all of those kinds of things. Um, but the right. left immediately, the left is so desperate. They see this election spiraling down the drain for them, and it is all around the country. Right. The trends are amazing. And so they're just desperate to try and change the, the narrative. And so they've taken this very interesting situation where Paul Pelosi calls in, uh, calls 911, and identifies the guy who's inside the house says I don't know him but then says he's a friend and right. and and they turn that into some right wing conspiracy ploy guy screaming in the house for Nancy Pelosi and that's all you hear about on the Sunday uh, morning news shows and uh and that's the mantra around even here on CBS you know when they talk about it yeah. but you know it's always about and you've said it a, a thousand times just you know let the whole thing play out before you make a judgment let the whole thing play out, and I, that's what I plan on doing in this case. We'll just see what happens, because I think there might be a whole lot there that we don't know. We haven't even heard yet. Absolutely. You know? And since it's so short, yeah. uh, and Jim, I'll let you go. I'm going to get to at least one more call before the break. Uh, thank you very much for the call, 303-696-1971. Jim's line is open, but here's 17 seconds from the Pelosi 911 call. Listen carefully. Our priority 910-2640 Broadway, cross of Scott and Normandy. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. Uh, You think? And now the story is that he called 911 from inside the bathroom. Well, dude, if the guy's inside your house, number one, how did the windows get broken outside? You know, all the glass is on the outside of the broken window. So certainly that wasn't somebody breaking in. Why are both of you in your underpants fighting over one hammer? But if you made it into the bathroom to call 911 to talk about Dave, who you don't know, but he's your friend, why didn't you just stay in the bathroom? Why didn't you lock the door and wait? 911 was on the way. Why would you go back out there if there's some unknown stalker, attacker, housebreaker? Now, listen, we don't know these answers yet be real easy if the you know we get more tape released i imagine the pelosi's have video surveillance uh, all over their mansion but for the left to jump on it that's typical that's what we expect and then tell us we need to tamp down our our rhetoric there's one thing but then people on our side of the aisle start buying into that same argument Man, I can't get, wait to get into this, but we've got callers waiting for so long. Let's get to Lewis before the top of the hour. Lewis and Aurora, welcome to the show. Hey, Randy. Uh, listen, I'm an election judge for Arapahoe County, 
and I can I can uh, calm people down in Arapahoe County that I don't know about the other counties, but I walk through the facility there off of federal, and that and everything is double checked, and there's always going to be a Republican and a Democrat and an independent checking these uh, ballots uh, that come in. And then at the voting machine, they're not connected to the Internet. And we always have, uh, again, Republican and Democrat and unaffiliated being at the polls. So everything is double-checked. And in Arapahoe County, I can say you don't have to worry about what's going on with the vote. Oops, sorry, hit the wrong button. Um, that's great to hear, Lewis. And, you know, the the problem, of course, is that we saw in Philadelphia when they wouldn't let the Republican watchers in, when they claimed there was a flood because of a leaking toilet and they evacuated the building, but then the Democrat workers started pulling ballots out from under tables and counting like crazy when they put cardboard up over the windows. Um, states all around the country were making watchers stand so far away you couldn't watch a darn thing. So I'll be very interested in your report after the election. But, you know, all of those things are interesting for conversation after November 8th. Right now, man, it's all about getting out the vote. And thank you so much for volunteering to do some work there. It's so important. And it's fun. I've really enjoyed the the couple of times I've been involved at that level of the election process. Oh, yeah. And we'll be doing four days. It's going to be Friday, Saturday, uh, Monday, and then Election Day. Tuesday, and I'm a Republican, and that's why I wanted to be an election judge after that last election. And like I said, people can rest assured, Arapahoe County, we're covered. It's great to hear, Lewis. Thank you very much for waiting to weigh in. I really do appreciate it. All right. Bye. All right. Uh, Ron, I don't think we've got enough time for your call. Maybe you can sit tight and we'll bring you out on the other side. 303-696-1971 is the number. 303-696-1971. Really want to get into the the messaging and how quickly our, I don't know, I use the term weak and I don't mean weak people because there are a lot of strong people who are out there and smart people and people well-intentioned and people with, uh, you know, wanting Republican victories and on and on and on who are telling us that we need to tamp down our rhetoric to avoid something like the Paul Pelosi hammer attack from happening. We need to cool down our politics. And so, number one, what a joke to use the Pelosi attack to try and make that point. You know, the initial reports, oh, he was a right-winger. He had two websites up. There were QAnon comments. Those websites were put up like the day before and have now been taken down. His girlfriend and others who knew him said he was a progressive. He lived in a commune with all kinds of BLM and Antifa and LGBTQ hippie nonsense all over it. So, whole lot to talk about in the next hour 303-696-1971 i'm randy corporan in for stefan tubbs stefan back tomorrow by the way Lori kelman will update the news at the top of the hour so you stay right there here on 710 knus 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.